Welcome back to the latest all-star edition of Lightning Strikes Podcast, brought to you by Tampa Bay Times, TampaBay.com, available on iTunes. This is Lightning beat writer Joe Smith with our uh, columnist Tom Jones, just leaving Emily Arena after Sunday's uh, fantastic all-star showing all around for the city and, and for the Lightning players overall. And uh, Tom, just I know you wrote about probably the story of the weekend, which is I didn't think going into the week that it would be the biggest story of the no. all-star weekend. Former Lightning uh, center Brian Boyle, who was a late add um, to the All-Star team for the Metro Division, and had didn't know if he'd come to this game because his son Declan, who gets to know well in Tampa, got uh, had a scary diagnosis. Uh, what can you tell us about that, and and why do you think this was such a touching uh, time for anybody in Tampa Bay? Yeah, yeah, look, Brian Boyle has always been one of the fan favorites around Tampa Bay. He spent three seasons here, and look, he was never a great player with the Tampa Bay Lightning, but he was a solid player. He was a winner. He was a leader. He was a guy that did all the things that you want a player to do if you're going to win a Stanley Cup. Block shots, play defense, leadership, energy. Uh, uh, he was a con- the conscience of the team. He was, you know, he, he could look guys in the eye and tell them what they needed to be told. And so he be- quickly became a fan favorite, and a lot of fans were really heartbroken when he got traded to Toronto uh, a year ago, last season, and then... Um, and then didn't re-sign back with Tampa Bay, just to, just the way things worked out. Of course, he signs with New Jersey, uh, and then uh, in September, right, his training camp was getting started, he got diagnosed with a form of leukemia. Now, the prognosis was good, and he's doing well, but no one was really sure what kind of season he was going to have. Turns out he's had such a good season that he got a call last week about filling in for an injured team, with Taylor Hall, right, was, mm-hmm. the, was the injured teammate who was not able to play in the All-Star game. So they wanted him to play in the All-Star game, and uh, and he almost said no because, as you mentioned, his son Declan is going through a bit of a medical situation with a vein issue in his chin. Uh, it's not life-threatening or anything like that, but... Yeah, four surgeries. Yeah, I mean, it's four surgeries. You see your son laying on an operating table, and, and you get a call to come to the All-Star game, and he said no, he wasn't going to do it, and it was his wife, Lauren, who said, you're going to the All-Star game. You need to be there. You've waited your whole life to play in this game. And, uh, and he came, and Joe, you again, you covered him for three years. You know how the fans feel about him. It was actually, I think, for me, it was my favorite moment seeing how the fans reacted to Brian Boyle. Well, they did. I mean, I think John Cooper, when I told him that Brian Boyle be the all-star team in Philadelphia on Thursday post game, his face lit up. Like, he was more happy about that than actually meeting Philadelphia that night, and, <laughs> and which is, which is you know, crazy to think, but he was, and he predicted he had the loudest ovation, and, and by God, did he have the, had the loudest ovation of anybody, even Lightning players, um, saying ovation. They changed his name several times, including today after the All-Star game. Um, and I and I got the chance to get to know him and Lauren and Declan. Um, he was down. He invited me over to his house their first Christmas as as parents uh, in Tampa in their condo, and I got to see you know her rocking him and him walking around and the Christmas tree and like just a joy and the love that they had for each other and just kind of how blessed they feel. Um, family of faith. And so you see them kind of rock by these two things back to back. You, you really feel for him and you, you see how genuine he is and how he, he feels. He said, I'm living a fairytale life. He's like, I feel blessed to be able to play hockey. Like, I go through a lot of stuff, but, you know, he's able to find a way. And so it was it was a very touching moment. A lot of players said it was one of their favorite moments of the weekend. And, and as Hipko said, he almost got emotional uh, to, to have you know, him the Lightning fans for recognizing how you know how much he was a big part um, of this team and this community, and, they, and he always will be um, the course of time. So you know, the cool thing about it, Joe, is just how appreciative Brian Boyle was for everything. You know, I'm talking to him 
after the skills and then and then after the game on Sunday, where he was just so thankful to be there and he was so thankful to the fans and he was so thankful to to the New Jersey Devil organization and how they've treated him since he's been there. I mean, these are life-altering moments he's going through. And, uh, and he's continued to, to not only play hockey, but play it at a very high level. And I asked him too, I said, do you appreciate maybe all this more because of everything you've been through and because of your age? Do you appreciate more than you would have if you were 22 or 23 and never really experienced anything? He says, you know what? I've never taken anything for granted. I've never taken any, uh, you know, he appreciates every day in the league, let alone being in the All-Star game. So I think you can feel good for guys like that. We, we really don't root for, pe- for people or teams. But, Joe, i got to admit, I kind of root for Brian Boyle because, like you, he might be one of my favorite people I've ever covered. Yeah, you root for good stories, and he was one heck of a story this weekend. A lot, a lot of them, a lot of good storylines this weekend, and, and one that that uh, popped off the page, of course, was the Nikita Kucherov, um, you know, who was going through a big slump going into this game and had a, a very tough night in skills competition, and all of a sudden today was stole the show, the hatchback, including one of those, how did he do that? Brett uh, uh, breakaway uh, goal where he, uh, he faked Brent Holby out of his pads there and just let it slip off his stick instead of shooting it. So, uh, just how, I'm just, just, what was your overall sense of uh, of what we saw today? I know we've, we've watched him before, so it was not a surprise necessarily to us, but is it just kind of, you got to even appreciate him more, see the kind of things today. Well, I think you hit on something, Joe, when you said we, we in Tampa Bay appreciate how good of a player he is because we've been watching him now for a few seasons. I know this is his second All-Star game, so it's not like he's he's sneaking up on anybody, but I think when people, when, when you talk about, well, who are the best players in the National Hockey League? I think if you were to ask most fans, at least the impression I have, is that people would say, well, Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin and um, you know, Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews and Jack Eichel, and those are all, look, nothing to take nothing away from any of those guys. They're all extremely talented players, and you know, I, I think any one of those can be called the best player in the game. But Nikita Kucherov's name belongs right there with those guys. And you wonder if the rest of the country and the rest of Canada sees the same thing that we see. And I think that was what the All-Star Game did, allowed the rest of the, uh, of the, uh, of the hockey world to see, wow, this guy is really talented. He's really skilled. He's a really good player, and his name belongs up there with the Crosby's and the Mexicans. He does, and we did a Professional Hockey Writers Association midseason uh, awards or a poll, uh, 150 voters and 2,000 fans, and he was a runaway pick for league MVP uh, in the first half of the year. He'll get an award for that, but I think right. that just that speaks, just to, the, what it speaks to the fact of, you know, he might be in that conversation by the end of the year as well, and you're talking about that's the best award you could probably get as an offensive player. Absolutely. So so I think his name has already been made, I think, in the playoffs, those previous couple of playoff runs and last year's 40-goal season, and now he's on pace for 50-something. So uh, a guy who, who's definitely uh, stepped his game up and, and he worked for it. He's here all summer in, in in June and July, in the hottest months of the year, by himself doing five, six days work, five, six days, six days a week workouts on his own with a skills coach. Like that, just shows you you don't just show up with skill. He has plenty of it, but it's that drive and that determination uh, to get there. Uh, the one of the stars of the show over the weekend was Steven Stamkos, who may not have scored uh, in the game on Sunday or game on Sunday or didn't win a skills competition. But I think overall, this weekend. How much of an imprint do you think Steven Stamkos made, considering of where this game was and, and who he is uh, to this team? Well, I think that's you, Joe. Look, he was the ambassador. He was the official host at this game. 
I mean, we can talk about the t- and I say official, I mean official. Like everybody was looking at him to uh, to sort of be the host of the of, for the league for the and represent the organization, the city of Tampa. You wrote a great story in Sunday's Tampa Bay Times, and and Joe he, he has become you know Evan Longoria's not here anymore, and Jameis Winston still you know has. Look, not everybody in Tampa Bay has embraced Jameis Winston for whatever reasons, including some off-the-field questions. Uh, Steven Stamkos has become the face of Tampa Bay sports. Might be the most popular person in Tampa Bay, period. And I can't think of a better guy to represent the city. We saw how he handled himself throughout the weekend. Joe, you followed him pretty much every step of the way from the concerts on Friday night uh, to uh, the skills competition on Saturday and the game on Sunday. And um, I'm just thoroughly impressed every time I watch him. He, it seems like he's still a kid. I know he's 28 years old now, but <laughs> still young. He still feels house. like he's still just a young kid. But he's he's Mr. Tampa now. He is. I mean, he showed up here as an 18-year-old uh, kid from from Markham, Ontario, and number one overall pick. And I think Gary Roberts called him a wet noodle. How <laughs> young and mature he was, but uh, he's really become, I think, you know, obviously the face of the franchise and. Uh, his maturity is off the charts considering he's only 28. He's been through a lot. Um, and I think overall he's just the guy who, who gets it. He knows he has to sell the game. He knows that guys are going to turn to him ask him to do autumn craft sessions. He knew he'd have to be fun and center this weekend. He knew it would take a lot of time away from him. He wouldn't have to be – they got in at 2 a.m. on Friday. Yeah, right. And he had three different events that day. He had a 1 o'clock thing at Brandon for a youth hockey tournament. He had a sponsor event, uh, autograph session, and then he went to the concert where he introduced the first band and had to do some banter with P.K. Subban. So it was like he knew he would be tired, but he knew it would be a rough weekend. But he said he said to me today, he's like, it was busy, but it was it was fun busy. He said, I'd do it all over, over again in a heartbeat, knowing how much he wanted to show off this city, show off his town, and, and show off his teammates. It was such a special day for all of them to be together. And uh, I think it's something, I think a moment now, as he matures in his career, he realizes that he'll look back on this when his career is over and one of the special moments he's had because you don't, you never know if you're going to have another All-Star game. He's been injured the last year, a couple of years before. You didn't, you don't know. It's kind of a fleeting thing now, this particular point of his career. So I think sure. he gets it more than he did before. Yeah, and it was really cool that he had the chance to, to be a host for an All-Star game because this, it wouldn't have happened because of the Olympics, um, you know, them pulling out and the game coming here. This was his shining moment, and he hopes to obviously carry this into a bigger moment later on, which would be a Stanley Cup. He, that's obviously the number one thing on his list, but... Um, I think you look at him now, he's, he's sort of on the Mount Rushmore of hockey players in the NHL, right up there with, with Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin is sort of the, the guys that are sort of the face, not only of the Tampa Bay Lightning, but the face of the league. You know? yeah, and I think, too, I saw him on stage on Friday night at Curtis Hickson Park for those concerts for the, the, the Tantrums and, and Moon Taxi, and you know, Subban introduced them, the crowd went crazy, and he looked at them and said, we love this town. Meaning yeah. him and him and his wife Sandra, who got married this summer, um, and he means I, he's so sincere when he says that because I know he's from Toronto and that always be his hometown, but he really grew up here. He's putting down roots here, and this is like a second home to him. And he really, you genuinely feel that he has an attachment for this community and the people here, and uh, just a perfect fit for his private, low key personality. He can go around and not uh, be bothered too much. He can be recognized, but he still embraces the fact that this is a great fit for. A really great player, and I think you know a great person overall. Um, a guy who does not quite have the spotlight or the stature of Steven Stamkos is Braden Point, and you had a great column on him for Sunday's Tampa Bay Times about kind of one of the more unlikely all stars for Tampa Bay considering the situation. But just how much do you think this weekend or this season will elevate him, his notoriety 
on a league wide. I think we all see him as kind of the straw that throws a drink with the lightning. We know how good he is and, and why he is where he is. But where, how do you think this kind of a weekend can elevate that uh, stature for him going forward? No, I think it's going to help tremendously in sort of his maturation process. He's a guy that was really humble about playing in the All-Star game. Sort of like, who, me? They want me to play? I can't believe it. Look, everybody agrees he deserves to be in this game. He, de- he deserved to to, uh, to have a spot on the All-Star team. And when when you look at um, the way he performed on the weekend, you know, he, he did well. And I know it's just a skills competition. It's just an exhibition game. But for him to go out there and um, and and almost win the fastest skater against Connor McDavid, who was like the overwhelming favorite, and then to also uh, look at um, how he played in the game, scored a goal. I mean, these are moments I think Joe that he'll carry with him and uh, and feel like no moments too big for him. Look, we look at this team and you say, well, they got Steven Samkos and they got Kucherov, and like they got some supporting guys too, like you know, like a Braden Point. You know, forget that Braden Point's one of the guys now. You put him right up there with Steven Stamkos and Nikita Kucherov. I mean, he's a he's a huge part of this team. He's not an afterthought. He's not a supporting character. He's not sort of like a second tier player or a second-tier star, he's one of their guys. Like, he's one of the guys, you know? And uh, and I think this weekend will help him in, in that in that. Help process. him believe it himself. I mean, I know he wants to kind of pitch himself and say, I'm not supposed to be here. Well, he is. And anybody who also knows this team and watches them, talk to players around the league, Nathan McKinnon for Colorado, an MVP candidate for this season. You know, he told me that in the World Championships in, in May for Team Canada, he might have been one of their best players. Kind of surprised people how good this guy is. Right. No more surprises anymore with Braden Point around the league. I think he'll be, this won't be, this won't be his last All-Star game. I'll tell you. I don't know if he'll beat McDavid ever, but it won't be his last. This is not a fluke. He's not here because of, you know, I realize got injured. He's going to make all-star games in the future. Speaking of all-stars, you know, it's going to become silly season pretty soon with a trade deadline a month away. And, uh, you know, I think it was hard for Lightning fans uh, not to watch the (laughs) Eric Carlson, Kucherov, and Stamkos, and then a three-on-three and think, Oh boy, wouldn't that 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 be a, a fun situation? I know not everything can work out. That might be a pipe dream as far as his situation, but just how much intrigue can this whole month be for Lightning? Because they're 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 not a perfect team. They still have some holes to fill. No, they're not a perfect team, but I think they realize that they are really close to winning the Stanley Cup. You don't get these opportunities often. Now, I don't think Steve Eisman's going to do anything crazy in terms of mortgaging the future, like a big part of the future. Like he's not going to turn around and trade Braden Point. Mm-hmm. He's not going to trade. Uh, Yanni Gord, I don't, you know, something like that. But if the right deal were to come along for for some draft picks, or maybe a guy like Tyler Johnson, I think you would think about it. And I think that they're going to do something, Joe. You you have a better sense of it probably than I do. But like these opportunities to win Stanley Cups don't come along very often. They're clearly a team that should be in a conversation for a Stanley Cup. They are missing a little bit, maybe on defense. If you could, add, boy, if you had a guy like Eric Carlson, again, you said it could be a pipe dream. You got a guy like Eric Car- uh, like uh, Carlson, or had a guy like um, um, you know Mike Green. Mm-hmm. Boy, that go that might put you over the top at that point. Again, it depends on how much you have to give up. But I think they're going to be active, don't you? I think so too. I mean, you only have a certain window to win a championship, and this is kind of has like the stars are aligning to have this particular chance. Even Stamkos is healthy finally. Nikita Kucherov is blossoming. Andre Vasilevsky is a number one and an elite one at that. And so I think. You know, for all the salary cap things that might come go on going forward, if you do have a chance to get an Eric Carlson for even for a season and a half before he's a UFA, or if you get a Mike Green for two months who can help you out on the right side, he's not a dominant 
first pairing D, but he can fill, fill you out, move some guys up um, back and forth. So um, I know people are talking about John Tavares. <laughs> I don't know about yeah, that. Yeah, you know, he's a, he's a foot a friend from the childhood of uh, Stephen Stamkos. I don't know if we go if we go that far, but I do think that they're going to address the blue line. They have been scouting a lot. They have been following different teams. And I think, you know, Steve Eiserman's a guy who isn't afraid to make a bold move like he did with Jonathan Drouin trade for Sergachev and all those kind of things. So I think I wouldn't put it past them to make it, whether it's a big one or a small one, uh, those small moves end up being big ones, I think, in the playoffs. No, absolutely. It could be the difference between, you know, making the Eastern Conference final or getting to the Stanley Cup. I mean, we saw one little deal in 2004 picking up Daryl Sador. It seemed like a minor move at the time, sort of a number three, four defenseman. Everybody looks at it and says that you know that might have put him over the top. So it, it could be the difference between winning a cup and not winning a cup. Well, I think could get a defenseman back soon. And Victor Hedman, who has been out with that lower body injury, suffered January 11th against Calgary, and they said at the time it'd be three to six weeks. Well, he's back there skating on Saturday, and judging from what I you saw on the Intel Network clip that they showed, he was he was looking pretty healthy to me. And I think. Um, he's a lot closer to the three-week than he is the six-week mark. And the three-week mark will be Thursday. They start our four-game road trip on uh, Monday heading to Winnipeg. He was kind of coy with me saying, we'll see as far as he, if, he, if he goes on this road trip or not. But uh, he's getting closer to practicing with the team, which is the next step for him to get come back. So uh, getting your number one Norris Trophy caliber defenseman back will be a big boost. For a team, I think, Tom, and you've been watching too a lot, um, on TV during the road trip, that uh, seems like they're kind of finding a little bit more of their edge back, their swagger back, and, and looking more like the team maybe you saw Earlier, they're not there yet. I think we think they're showing well, some signs of coming back out of this thing. No, look, they weren't going to play at that torrid pace that mm-hmm. they had started the season with, and they they certainly went through a bad stretch there. But um, they're starting to get it back, as you mentioned. They have to. There are some things they need to improve upon. The Vasilevsky had some big games on that road trip, some big saves. You got a moment where Stephen Stamkos basically bailed you out with a big goal uh, to help you win a game. Uh, those are the things that have to happen to get you out of slumps. Your best players have to be your best players, and they started to show signs of it on that road trip. And I think, uh, I think, I think this team is not all the way back yet, but certainly, I mean, <laughs> they've won three in a row. So, uh, you know, they're they're they certainly a team that I think um, is is going to be there through the end of the season. They're going to have these little dips, but the quicker you get out of those dips the better off you are. They're starting to show signs like they'll play even better, I think, in the next week or two. And to wrap this up, Tom, I know you've been to All-Star games before in the past, and you've seen them, like, you know, overall, from the grand scheme of things, the way Tampa hosted or the game experience, how overall did you feel the way uh, the first time in 20 years it's been here? You were back in the end game, too. So. Yeah, yeah, I've been to both All-Star games. Tampa Bay knows how to do big events. I mean, I think it's a testament to not only the Tampa Bay Lightning and Jeff Finnick and people like Bill Wickett who help organize these things, but as well as uh, you know, the Tampa Bay Sports Commission with Rob Higgins, uh, these people know how we know how to do big events in Tampa. We looked at the college football playoffs. We've had Super Bowls here. We've had Final Four, Frozen Fours, and uh, Women's Final Fours. Um, it, it always goes off very well. And this weekend with Gasparilla and the All Star Game at the same time, it, it just went off perfectly. And and uh, look, I I don't know if you and I will ever cover another All Star Game here in Tampa Bay. But uh, if this is the last one we cover, I think we go out on a pretty good one. Absolutely, and I think you said we do. Uh, Tampa Bay does big events really well. I think we do podcasts really well from a lot, of different, <laughs> a lot of different fun places, whether it's the poolside at uh, Holland or downtown, or we're just doing this at, in the side of your uh, your car with a rainy night here uh, in St. Pete. But uh, as always, it's a blast, and I'm sure we'll have might have some interesting podcast locations in the playoffs. I was going to say we may be doing some from a couple of bars in Manhattan or uh, Toronto or something like that. So looking forward to it, Tom. Thanks so much and get some rest. Yeah, you too, Joe. Great work this weekend.